This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Verse number 20 is where we're going to go, but I want, I want to bring you a message tonight that I just love the title of. It's, uh, can I get an amen? amen. And, uh, apparently I'm known for that somehow. Uh, 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 people come up to me at public, uh, in public places or if we're at a radio station, uh, event or whatever, and they'll go, amen, brother, amen, amen, and amen. And I'm like, well, hi, hey, how are you? It's, uh, uh, and uh, But there's something important about buying into the moment. I'm going to show that to you today. All right. Father, before I read this scripture, I ask you, open your word to us. Speak to us clearly. In Jesus' name, amen. Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 20. This is a passage you've heard a few times uh, in church, more than likely, if you've been there a couple of times. This is a verse that many people quote. Here's what it says. It says, for no matter how many promises God has made, okay, so out of all the promises God has made, they are, let us take this back, God's made a lot of promises. And they are, what they is, the promises of God, are, yes, in Christ, okay? And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now let's, let's break that apart for just a moment. God's made a lot of promises. His word's full of promises. There's some debate. There's like 3,000 something, you know? His word is full of promises. And the word says here... That out of all those promises, that if you're looking as a child of God for something to hold on to, you can grab a hold of those promises. You can take them and begin to believe them for your own life. Because, watch this, go back to that verse for just a moment. Watch this. For they are yes in Christ. That doesn't mean, now listen to me, it doesn't mean that I get everything I want whenever I want it. Can I get an amen for that? Because if that were the case, then the churches would be full. But it means that there's a promise in God for exactly where I am that if I will learn how to connect to it, it will help me through what I'm going through. All right? See, sometimes you're trying to live on somebody else's promise. And there's a promise from God for you. And so, how are you going to key into that? Well, let's see what the verse says. Now, all the promises are yes in Christ. And we always quote it like this. For the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. But I, that's not really the best interpretation of this passage. NIV, actually, and you're not going to hear me, NIV is not my favorite translation of the Bible, so you're not going to hear me say that quite often. But I feel like the NIV has a really solid interpretation here of this passage. And here's what it says. It says, okay, there's all these promises, and yes, we can claim them when we need them. 
Watch this now. It says, through Christ. So I've got to be in Christ, walking in accordance with Christ's will to connect to the promises of God. Now here's the part I'd never seen before. That through and in Christ, and so through him, the amen. So we always say God says yes and amen, but that's not what it says. It says the amen is spoken by us. Got some of your attention now, don't I? Because we've always heard it said, oh, his promises are yes and amen. But his promises are ours to claim. And how are we going to claim them? In Christ, when we learn to walk in Christ and we learn to claim them for ourselves as the amen. What does amen mean? I did a whole series on this about a year or so ago. That amen means let it be so. So what I'm understanding then is God's promises are available to me no matter where I am. As long as I'm lining up my life with the will of Christ for my life, God's promises are available for me. See, the, see, that's where people miss that. They go, oh, yes, God's got all these promises for you, but they leave out the part that says you need to live like God wants you to. Yes, in Christ. And not only am I in Christ, but I... <clears throat> let me... Oh, this, i got to have <clears throat> faith. I've got to have faith enough to say, let it be so. I believe it. I believe it. Because if I can believe it, I can receive it. If I can really believe that God intends good for me instead of the bad that the world's trying to convince me that God intends for me, instead of the bad the world has told me that I will inherit because my family's inherited that, instead I begin to walk in Christ, and in Christ I realize there are better promises for me, and I have to look at those promises and say, now let that become a reality in my life. Now I'm trying to preach here, and I've got somewhere I'm trying to get to, but here, here's what you've got to understand. We've got to add our amen to it. And I've got to get to the place where I can look at what's happening and say, okay, God, I can trust you for that. I can believe you for that victory to come into my life. And many of us, we can't trust him for his promises because, watch this, we don't feel like we paid enough price for his promises. You see, he promises us that, here's a promise, that if I confess my sins, he's faithful and just to forgive me of my sins. But we don't feel like we've yet paid enough for our sins, so we can't say amen to that yet. Because once I feel like my life's gotten in a bad enough place, then I can say, okay, I've got what I deserve, and then I say amen. That's not what this verse is saying. This verse is saying that God has a good plan for you if you can just believe it. You see, I love what E. Stanley Jones said. Christianity is saying yes to God's yes. God, can you forgive me? Yes. God, can you fill me with the power of your Holy Spirit? Yes. God, can you help me live a better life? Yes. God, can you set me free from whatever's bound me? Yes. God, can I get away with doing wrong? No. 
Come on now. But will you help me get back on track? Yes. You see, Christianity is learning that God's speaking good things into place in your life. I just have to come into line with those things. Learning to say yes. Now, finding where that meets in our life is very significant. Now, on July 1st, 1862, uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln signed a bill into law to create this this, uh, railway system that was the Pacific Railway Act. And he said was basically, we'll finance it if, if you can build a railway from one side of the continent to the other. So one group began on the East Coast, and one group began on the West Coast, and they began laying tracks, okay? And, and actually, one of them uh, start, was in Sacramento, and the other one started on some existing tracks that they were already going out to Omaha, Nebraska, and, and they met at a summit in Utah. Now, there were two trains traveling in opposite directions. What I want you to realize here is when they meet at this place, and I want you to get this mental image of two trains meeting at a place, have this image, because there was a promise that said, if you can accomplish this, then you can receive the funding of the promise. And I'm not talking to you about money right now. But the promise said... If you can get to this place, then you can walk in the, 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 the reserve or the abundance that you're going to receive for accomplishing that task. And so what I'm trying to show you tonight is that we have to get to the right place in Christ so we can walk in the promises. I'm going to meddle for just a second. People will say, well, God put, said he wouldn't put more on me than I could handle it. And, and look, look what he let me go through in my life. Well, first off, you're not dead yet, so you, apparently you could handle it. Secondly, what you're trying to do is manipulate God and say, well, you didn't do what I wanted. No, 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 no. The reality is you couldn't walk in the promise because you didn't get in the right place. Am I making sense? It's like, let's do talk about money for just a moment. It's like, it's like saying, well, I want God to bless my finance, but I don't honor God with my tithe. It's like, it's like saying, God, I want you to give me healthy relationships, but I don't want to forgive my brother. And until I get in Christ in the place to where he said, now look, if you can get to this place, when you get to, to really wanting to do my will, then the promises begin to be attracted to your life because I've spoken in the place. And then that's where you can say, amen, let it be so. Now, maybe you don't talk like that. I do talk like that. Somebody says, says something. I mean, somebody comes up to me and says, let's go to the Cheesecake Factory. And I'm like, amen, glory to God. I feel God in that. Uh, some of you bear witness with me, right? Yeah. Some of you go, no, no, I don't know where you want to go, but big steak or something. I don't know, but, but you know, I, I feel God in that. And so what I'm doing is I'm saying, let it be so. Let's do it now. Well, as silly as that is, when we get to the right place and the right connection with Christ, he says, why don't I do this in you now? And then because you've gotten to the right place, because you, you've been walking, watch this, we're, we're bridging the gap. I'm, I'm going to show you what those gaps are in just a moment. But we're bridging the gap to get us in the right place. Then Christ says, now I can move for you. And you go, oh, yes, amen, let it be so. 
Instead of standing over here, knowing we're out of God's will. Am I making sense tonight? Knowing we're out of God's will, saying, why aren't you blessing me? Where are your promises? Where's your yes? Where, 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 where's all that going to happen for me? And God said, no, 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 you don't understand. I told you to, to get to the place to where you know that you're walking in Christ. Now, here's what you need to understand. The trains are coming from two directions. And one of those trains, I want you to picture it as the train that travels from the past into your present. See, watch this. I'm trying to bridge two places. And one is the past into my present. God wants to work, listen to me carefully, from your past so that it will change your present. That's why Psalms 23, 6 says this. It says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. So in other words, I can look back over my life and realize what he's been doing all along. Because I don't know if you, you can testify to this tonight, but there's a whole lot of us in this place that should not be here. We should not have survived the wreck. We should not be in God's house tonight. We should not have survived that overdose. We should not have survived those dark days. But instead we have. So our past... We can look back and realize God's been working back here to get me right here. And I start seeing what he's doing. Philippians 1, 6. Because he who started the work is also going to get me through to the completion. Jeremiah 1, 12. God is watching over his word to perform it. God spoke promises into your life. Uh, my goodness, while you were yet in your mother's womb, Scripture says he had good thoughts towards you. Am I making sense? Am I going too fast? I see my note takers going, what was that verse? I'm at Psalms 23, 6, Philippians 1, 6, and Jeremiah 1, 12. Or, yeah, and now I'm at 1 Samuel 7, 12. So, I love this. He says, we shall call it Ebenezer. You would say Ebenezer. Come on now. But it's Ebenezer. And we shall call it Ebenezer, which means the Lord has helped us so far. The Lord has helped us so far. How many of you can look back and say, he's helped me? He was working for my good even when I didn't know it. You see, I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of a bridging of two things. My past to my present, and then the, guess what? My present to my future. That's where I find Jesus in this yes and amen promise. What lies ahead of me on the other side. This reminds me the best is yet to come. Somebody needs to get that. Your glory days are not behind you. I don't know why the phrase peaking in high school just went through my mind. You didn't peak in high school. You just need to leave it, and you you don't fit in that jacket anymore anyways. <laughs> Can I tell you what happens when I say that kind of thing? Somebody will wear that jacket Sunday morning just to show me they still fit. <laughs> All right. God's good. All right. So here's what we've got. Now listen to me carefully. We have the faithfulness of God. Am I making sense tonight? 
We have the faithfulness of God pursuing us from the past. And we've got the sovereignty of God bearing down on us for the future. That's where the promises of God can be found. When I realize he's brought me to this place and he's taking me somewhere in him and because I know what he's done and I know what he, I don't, I might not know where I'm going to end up, but I know that the God who brought me this far is going to give me that way. Then I can begin to understand that what he says is, hey, you know what? This is a promise I have for you that if you honor your parents, that your days shall be long upon the earth. What the scripture says, that's a promise that I can claim in Jesus name, right? So I can begin to claim that. So I realize I might not have always done that and and so I don't go, oh, gosh, that means I'm going to die early now. No, I realize something, that God has brought me to the right place that I understand now. I didn't always honor my parents the way that I need to. And so in my future, I'm going to start honoring them the way that I need to. Why? Because it's that juncture that says I might not be who I was, but I'm becoming who he called me to be. Where the promise becomes yes, and in Christ, I realize my response. Am I making sense? You see, God is coming at you from two directions, from the past and the future. When Jesus was on the cross, what were the last words he he declared? It is finished. He was not just dealing with your past, but he was also dealing with your future. I want you to get this note very, very importantly. What he was really saying when he said it is finished is he was saying, I see who you are and I see who you really are. I want you to get that. I see who you are, but I not, notice I didn't write, but I see who you're going to be. No, 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 no. He said, I see who you are because of what's happened back here. But watch this. I'm not looking at where you're going at this moment. What I'm really seeing is not who this has declared you are. He said, I'm looking beyond that. I'm looking even further back to when the scripture says that he declared those promises over you as he formed you in your mother's womb, that, that from the foundations of the world, see, I've got some scripture for this, that even before, Ephesians 1, 4, even before, before he made the world, God loved us and he chose us in Christ. So what he's really saying, we're saying, oh, God's looking at me going, going, he, now I see who you were, but now I see who you're going to be. No, no, no. God says, watch this. God says, before all of this happened, I looked back here and I saw you and I chose you and I loved you. And then I saw all of this try to mess up who you really are but I'm not looking at all that's tried to mess you up what I'm looking at is what I said about you back there because that's the promise spoken over you before the world began for what Psalms 139:16 says all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be before I ever cried before I ever skinned my knee before I ever sinned before I ever fell before I ever walked in darkness he already had made a promise over me and so he's not, but the, the juncture is this. It's not going, oh, I see where you are now. I'm going to take the broken pieces and make something out of it. No, no, no. He says, I see how the devil's tried to break you, but I look beyond where he tried to break you and I see who you really are. Am I making sense? How many times have I said that tonight? If, if I could get an amen, I would know I'm making sense. Amen. Ephesians 2.10, 
We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works prepared for us in advance. And when I realize that Jesus is speaking a yes over me, when I get saved, my life is not only becoming new in Christ, but it's becoming who he spoke it into existence way back when. So what are we saying amen to? What are we saying amen to? What's ahead of us? Well, I want to tell you a story that I thought was interesting. In 2004, the Olympics Games were in Athens. You remember that? There's a, a marksman, American marksman. His name is Matthew Emmons. Anybody know the story of Matthew Emmons? Remember, you know the story of Matthew Emmons? Nope. You're about to hear it. Matthew Emmons is one shot away from gold. He has a commanding lead, and everybody knows that as he comes to the 50-meter three-position rifle competition, he's got the gold. He has averaged 9.3 scores on his first nine shots. All he needs, and he's someone that doesn't you know, score really below a nine, all he needs was a 7.2, and he will take home the gold. The gold was as good as his. He took a deep breath, he aimed, he fired, and he hit the bullseye. But something was missing. There was confusion across the crowd. The alarm of the bullseye did not go off. Why did the alarm not go off? Matthew Emmons had made the oldest sharp shooter mistake of all. He had aimed at the target in lane two, and he was shooting on lane three. And so Matthew Emmons went from taking gold to last place because he, he aimed at the wrong target. Please hear me. God has been working to get you in the right place to claim his promises. But you need to know what you're aiming at. Because if you succeed at the wrong thing, you fail. You know, it's funny you'd say, say that again. It didn't do it this time. But Sunday morning, how many of you were in that service when my watch did that? I'm preaching Sunday morning. I'm preaching as hard as I can, and my watch starts going off. And my watch is just, I'm like, who in the world? I mean, I'm thinking, is there some kind of emergency just going off? And, and, it, and I look down, and Siri says, say that again. <laughs> I said, well, I'll say it again. If you succeed at the wrong thing, you fail. So what are you aiming for? What are you applying your amen to? This is going to be hard, but I need you to hear what I'm about to say. Now, you have to begin with the end in mind. You see, he started it with the end in mind. This didn't change. Oh, that's how good God is. We think this messes up all of this. And he says, no, 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 I saw it back there where, you're going, where you can be over here. And it's not, it's not messing it up. Watch this. 
Here's what I tell people in times of crisis. If you want to walk in God's promises, and they're going, I'm holding on to God's promises for my family. I'm holding on to God. I said, listen to me. Before you can help somebody else, you must first focus on yourself. Your motivation for claiming a promise should not be selfish. It should not be done to accomplish whatever that is for somebody else. Let me just say, you can't lose weight for somebody else. You can't get clean for somebody else. You can't walk in freedom for somebody else. But I'm going to get clean for my babies. No, 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 no. See, that's the problem. When your baby grows up and, and, and they're back talking you and then you, you, you don't even know if they like you, much less love you. And then you're in the wrong place. So you go back to the wrong motivation. You can't do these things for the wrong motivations. You must focus on getting well yourself. So what should our bullseye be? Well, let me ask you this just a little differently tonight. What makes the angels in heaven applaud? In Luke 15, Jesus tells us three stories. And I thought it was interesting that Pastor Paul was saying about one of these tonight. Uh, Jesus tells the stories about a story about a, a shepherd who leaves the 99 to go after the one lost sheep. He tells a story about a lost coin that must be sought and a lost son. And then, now you listen to what I'm about to say, Jesus says something twice. And if Jesus says something twice, you might better focus for just a moment. Here's what he said. He said, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. He says it twice. I want you to get this. He says, guys, this is what makes heaven glad. This is what makes heaven happy. And listen to this. This is so important. Our greatest target should be to allow what Jesus did in our past to make helping people find God the aim of our future. I'm trying to behave. So that I realize... He started me for good, and he's going to bring me to good. But since the devil got in the mix of it through here, then what I... I'm trying to behave. I'm just about to go Pentecostal on you here for a minute, okay? Just, just bear with me. What I'm trying to say to you is this. Back here's a promise. In here, the devil starts messing everything up and he thinks he's hindering God's promise. But the reality is this. When I get to the right place in God where I'm claiming the promises of God that are yes and amen in Christ, I'm now in the right place. What should my target be? My target should be that I want to get to where God wants me to go. And how am I going to get to where God wants me to go? I'm going to realize something, that the devil 
thought he was slowing me down and knocking me off track. But the reality is I'm going to take all of these scars and I'm going to use them for the glory of God. I'm going to take all of this pain and I'm going to use it for the kingdom of heaven. I'm going to take all of this junk that that I don't know how to process in my own life. And I'm going to say, God, I don't know what to do with it. But this I do know for you to you be the glory. And every time I encounter somebody else while I'm walking toward the end, I'm going to tell them, look what God can do. Do you see this? This is when he tried to take my life. But God restored my hope. God restored my joy. God gave me back my family. God gave me back my peace. And when I get there, I'm going to be in a better place. And I'm going to take somebody with me. Why? Because the devil tried to take me out. But instead, I'm going to bring somebody out with me for the glory of God. Amen. Why don't you give God a praise tonight? You see, in the world of economics, if we were to talk economics tonight, there are two kinds of cost. There are actual cost and opportunity cost. Actual cost is an expenditure. I mean, I know what I spent. It shows up on your balance sheet. But an opportunity cost is a hidden cost and it's far more difficult to account for. But what it really is is this. It's the loss of potential gain. It's the loss of potential gain because of indecision or inaction because I couldn't say amen to it. I couldn't believe that because of all of that that he could take me there. This was not in my notes. I'm just going to tell you. I watched Christine Kane preach for just a moment, uh, either last night or this morning. Christine Kane, trafficked, tied to a bed, raped repeatedly, ends up just in a horrible, drug-addicted state. She's living the life that everybody fears, and, and she's in a horrible place. But somehow, some way, the light shone through the darkness, and now, instead of letting that dictate how bad this is going to be, she found a promise somewhere between what was and what he said in the beginning and what God's going to do in the end. And now she's out telling everybody, there's hope in the darkness, there's a light, and if you're serving God, can take you there too. Amen. And if you can't get the amen, then what opportunity cost are you losing? I read about a man who, who was so engaged in a little company that sold books online, they actually would send him gifts. And he had a chance to buy the stocks pre-IPO type thing. And he chose to invest in something else and thought that Amazon might never make it. His opportunity cost have cost him a fortune because of his inaction and his indecision. It cost him a fortune. There is anointing that this generation needs that if you will not say amen to the promises of God, it is costing great, greatly what God wants to do in this generation. There is a miracle that God wants to bring into your family. But you're going to have to say amen and trust God. There's a miracle God wants to bring into your marriage. There's a miracle that God wants to bring to your children. There's a miracle that God wants to bring to our church. Hi, this is not my statement, I, I, but I could not find who made this statement. But it's a powerful thing. Opportunity cost is the hidden cost of Christianity. 
Do you have enough faith to trust God? That he can use you. That he is greater than your day-to-day grind. For he is worthy. Preaching truth. You see, because of the opportunity for eternal rewards, we're not going to stay comfortable in the confines of the sheep pen. We're going to risk the 99 to go after the one. Because who are we rescuing? God grows us and glorifies himself when we learn to live in a place of amen to his promises. And we realize that unless he is with us, we are doomed to failure. Show me the size of your vision, and I'll show you the size of your God. My favorite authors pen those words. Show me the size of your vision. And I will show you the size of your God. Can I tell you about my God for a moment? He is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power. Watch this. That is in, at work within us. See, who you were and who you are Really, or who you were and who you really are will push you toward opportunities for his glory. Let me tell you a story, and I'm, I'm going to close tonight. There's opportunity costs that surround all of us. And I read the story recently of a man who was on a speaking, he was a motivational speaker, and he was on a speaking trip. He'd taken his son with him. They were in South Africa. They'd had a long day. It was The climate was different. If you've ever been on the African continent, you, you know that the minute you step foot on that continent, it's like it's so dry, it just, it just, the moisture leaves your, leaves your body. And they, they said, wouldn't it be nice if we could find some ice cream? thought I'd at least get one amen for that. And so they, they leave their hotel. It's late at night. It's that hour right before closing. And how many of you know that, that, that servers really like when you walk in just as they're about to close and, and say, um, do you mind if we order something? And, and so they walked in. They said to the lady, they said, hey, look, we know it's closing time, but look, we're just, we're just dying for some ice cream. Do you think you'd have some? She says, well, I don't know if we have any, but let me go see what we have. And she comes out carrying two things of ice cream and they enjoy it. And as they enjoy it, the Spirit of God begins to speak to the man. And he says, I want you to leave her a good tip. Leave her a good tip. So he thinks, well, how much are we going to leave? And he realizes, he puts his hand in his pocket that he's got a, a wad of bills. I don't know how much that was, but apparently it was, it was a wad of bills. And, and so he, he tells her, he says, you know what? You didn't have to do what you did. You didn't have to do what you did. But you took care of two weary travelers, went out of your way, and you made us, you made our night. 
So I'm going to reflect that in the tip. And so she was, she went about her business and they wanted to scoot out. So he laid the whole wad of cash on the table and and tried to get out of the restaurant. And as he tried to get out of the restaurant, she comes running after them. He was trying to get it before she could count it. And she comes around, she's holding the tip. And she says, she says, you know, Jesus. And he said, excuse me. She said, you know, Jesus. He said, well, yes, I do know Jesus. And she said, I, I can tell you why I know that you know Jesus. She said, as I came in to work tonight, I'm a single mom with a little baby. And I knew that tomorrow morning, unless I could somehow scrounge enough together, that they were going to evict me, my landlord was going to evict me and my baby, and we'd be on the streets tomorrow. She said, I called on Jesus. and said, Jesus, you know what I need. She said, sir... I know you know Jesus because what you just left is exactly the amount of money that I needed to pay my rent. Imagine the moment that would have been missed if he had not said amen to the promises of God that say, I've blessed you to be a blessing. She would not have been, had a miracle. I mean, God may have moved another way, but there's a really good opportunity that, or chance that she would have been on the street and her baby would have been on the street and, and he would have never been able to show his sons what it's like to obey God. But look what God does when you obey Him. Stand with me. We're going to pray and then we'll dismiss. Would it not be a wonderful thing if people who know your past could look at your present and see your amen and see where you're headed and say, oh, you know Jesus now. Because that's the greatest promise of all. That he would take the broken and he would make us whole again. Bow your heads with me in this place. Can I get an amen? May it be so that my past meets his promise and who I am begins to come forth. I don't know who you are and I don't know all your situations, but this I do know. God sent you this word tonight. I fought principalities preparing this word today. But I know that I brought you a word from heaven. What you need to hear is that you have a promise for wherever you are. And if you will trust God, He's going to bring about a reality that you never dreamed possible. Would you lift your hands before the Lord with me just a moment? That may seem strange to you, but the Bible teaches us, I will lift up my hands before the Lord. I will bless, I will lift my hands and bless the Lord. Lord, we stand here with our hands lifted, declaring that you are good and your mercy endures forever. We know not what all you're going to do, but we do know not one thing surprises you. Before it all began, you had our plan already in place. 
working for our good. And your promises are yes. And we say amen. In Jesus' name. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.